The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary Preston and Kisa Amaro, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. Welcome back, friends. I'm Kisa Amaro, certified health coach, and I help moms get control of their food cravings by going beyond the nutrition to develop a healthy relationship with food and themselves. And I'm Mary Preston. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a life coach, and I work with mental health professionals who are experiencing burnout. And just a a little reminder, my six-week course on preventing burnout is ready to go. We're going to get started in February. It, uh, It focuses on the key aspects of burnout, gives you action steps to take each week to get yourself feeling passionate and energetic about your work again. So you can always head to my website to get on the list to find out more and to be the first to know when you can sign up. And of course, if you have any questions about this course, any of our programs, the podcast, anything about health and wellness, come join us in the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa Facebook group. Awesome. Thank you, Mary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you listen to our last podcast, um, my voice has since come back. Um, however, I'm still, I'm actually got sick. Uh, so I'm getting over a cold. So I apologize in advance if I have a coughing fit. Um, I'll try and keep it to a minimum. And Kisa, Kisa but I'm here. Me, though, she is cognitively present, she says. <laughs> she cognitively is with us. present. <laughs> I may not feel good physically, but my brain's here. But so. she's here. Yeah. Okay, guys, on to our topic of the day, which is that it's not your diet's fault. (laughs) So in this episode, we will discuss what a diet actually is, why we eat, or sorry, why we diet, why we eat, yeah, why we diet, uh, what we expect our diets to do, why it hasn't been working, how to take back responsibility for your health. Awesome. Diets. So many people. <laughs> da, da, da. So many people are on them right now. From folks trying to drop weight quickly to those punishing themselves for their holiday eating and weight gain to those seeking wellness. So many people are on diets right now. But what is a diet anyway? Hmm. Diet is just the food you eat. No matter what you eat, you have a diet. Zebras. Grasses, shrubs, herbs, 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 and twigs. Depends where you live. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So zebras have diets. That's their diet. Um, But when we're talking about diets, usually we're talking about much more than that, right? Because we, and you know, when I say we, at least Americans, because I don't, I don't know how it is in other countries, but uh, we don't really use diets in the way they're intended. Mm -hmm. Um, Our bodies need food enough of it to do stuff. And our brains need food to make thoughts happen. Our muscles need food to move, then create more pieces of muscle. Our organs need food to continue to perform their duties. And the truth is our bodies will make all of this stuff happen with most any kinds of foods. (laughs) Our bodies will make do. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of people living off of candy and energy drinks right now as we speak. And their bodies are taking those nutrients in. They're taking in those foods, breaking them down, making things work. And those people are still alive and doing stuff after all of these years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so really a diet is just the food we pull in to make your body do stuff. Um, but a diet, when we speak of it in the sense of health and wellness, it tends to be more specifically a term to describe foods you're eating in order to achieve a certain goal. Mm-hmm. And the majority of folks talking about dieting are using it for weight loss. Uh, but there's many people like myself and Kisa that intentionally choose food that we know will help us feel strong, not in pain, not sick, keep our hormones from swinging too much, um, really for health reasons. And as I was thinking about this podcast, I was telling Kisa, um, we were supposed to record this one last week, but Kisa wasn't <laughs> feeling good. And I just had a really hard time <laughs> preparing for this podcast because I just kept thinking about all of the reasons that myself and other people have used diets in the past. And a lot of them don't have anything to do with like, um, uh, you know, food or weight loss or health. So I made a little list of some reasons that I came up with and, um, feel free to check into the Facebook group to add any reasons that I left out. Go find us at the real life wellness podcast with Mary and Kisa on Facebook. So here's a list of reasons that we, uh, that we use diets for, right? We're trying to fix all kinds of things. Um, so one of my biggest reason that I used to use my diet, uh, was for entertainment or in other words, to combat boredom. That's still one of my biggest reasons that other than, um, health related that I use food. Um, we use diets to get smaller and fit into clothes that are smaller than we are, um, to socialize and bond with other humans, to feel in control, right? If I can't control anything else in my life, but I, I can control what I put into my body. Uh, sometimes we use diets to punish ourselves for unhealthy eating, um, or to alternately purify or cleanse ourselves as if we are like dirty in some way. There's a lot of cleansing going on right now. I notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and come on, let's admit it, right? I've been there before. I have used my diet in the past to feel superior and better than others. Have you ever scoffed at someone else's diet? Doesn't it make you feel like so superior? I've definitely been there before. <laughs> yes. In the past, I have definitely judged people because of the diet. Yeah. It makes you feel like mm, better than you. My diet's better than yours. Um, <laughs> Another big reason um, I've noticed that, that we diet is to fight this fear that we have of weight gain. And um, one of the things I've learned a great deal about in the last year is my intense fear of fat. And it's really an insidious fear that society and unknowingly a lot of us health pr- practitioners have fed into the minds of everyone, right? That fat is killing us and is the worst thing that could ever happen to a person. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Mary. I've definitely noticed this about myself in probably the past few years in that I have had a fear of getting fat and that having fat on our bodies is bad. And, and, you know, it's not just in diet culture, but we hear it from the fitness industry and the health industry as well. And, you know, we are told to fear body fat and that it's unhealthy and that we need to get rid of it. Yeah. And uh, I think we're going to we're gonna talk about that more in another upcoming episode, for sure. Yeah. Um, another reason, reason, another reason <laughs> we use diets is uh, to feel better, right? We, we buffer our strong emotions so that we don't have to feel bad things. 
Yeah, I can definitely relate to this one, Mary. And it was, you know, only recently that I realized how much I was buffering my emotions with food because I didn't want to feel like uncomfortableness or negative emotion. Yeah, who does? Nobody wants yeah. to feel negative emotions. Uh, yeah. So why, why go on a diet? Uh, you know, I want you to be honest with yourself about what you are hoping a diet will provide you. And we have a great podcast, episode two, um, called Should You Be on a Diet? All Your Friends Are. We recorded that a year ago in 2018, January. Spoiler alert. If you're using your diet for anything other than your own health, you shouldn't be. <laughs> you should not be on a diet. Um, and then episode 18, uh, it's another great episode. We talk about, you know, why do you want to eat healthy anyway? Um, and we've got some good questions in there talking about, um, you know, basically, are you dieting for the right reasons? Are you eating healthy for the right reasons? Um, but anyway, all of that out of the way, um, here's where we talk about why it's not your diet's fault. If we're using our diet for anything other than health, we are setting ourselves up for failure because diets don't fix boredom. They don't make us happy. They don't make us powerful or beautiful. And we go on diets and like just wait for those things to happen. And when that fails, we blame the diet and the food for the failure. Yeah. Um, but a diet doesn't actually do anything. If you listen to the last podcast, you'll know that food is just food. It's neutral. It doesn't do anything. It's not good or bad. And a diet is the same. It's not good or bad. It doesn't do anything for you or to you. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what if we are just using a diet or intentionally choosing foods that are meant to help us feel healthy, right? What if we're, you know, choosing to, to eat right for, for good reasons? Um, when we don't follow through with our intentions of eating in a way that we feel is best for our bodies, then we blame the diet for that too. <laughs> so we blame diets for all kinds of reasons. Yeah. So, Case is going to talk to us a little bit how we blame our diet for quote unquote not working, doing its job. <laughs> yeah, we blame food for our or our diet for our weight gain, not losing enough weight, or our failure of the diet. Mm -hmm. We try a new diet and it's going well for the first couple of weeks, then something happens. Your dog gets sick, your husband brings home donuts. Or there's an office party with a ton of off-limit foods that you indulge in. And after eating all the donuts or all the ice cream or all the chocolate, you decide that you have failed the diet and that it's the donut's fault or the chocolate's fault or your diet's fault. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you think that diet doesn't work for me because it left me with too many cravings or this diet is too restrictive. I just feel so deprived on it. We fall into a deep spiral of guilt, shame, hopelessness, mm -hmm. and depression until we regain consciousness and decide to try to get back on the wagon. <laughs> so the cycle just, you know, kind of repeats itself. So is it really your diet's fault when you don't lose weight, have no energy, or are hangry all the time? If it's not your diet's fault, then what's really going on? Yeah. And just a side note, you know, I just wanted to insert this, right? It's not your yeah. quote unquote fault either. <laughs> right? No, no. And Because the name of the podcast is it's not your diet's fault. And I don't want anyone jumping off of this podcast thinking that we are blaming you for not physically feeling your best. We're not putting blame on diets or you. There is right. no blame to give. There's just science and math. 
Both of those are neutral circumstances. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, Kisa, can you talk to us about physical cravings? Sure. Uh, So the finer the grain, the higher the high. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I heard this from Brooke Castillo. And I definitely chuckled when I heard it. But what it means is that when we eat concentrated foods like sugar and flour, we are given an intense hit of dopamine, which is a pleasure neurotransmitter in the brain. This intense hit of dopamine feels good and we want more of it. Concentrated foods give us way more dopamine than foods found in nature. So think of berries. They're delicious, but the amount of dopamine you get from them isn't that much compared to a Snickers bar or a cinnamon roll. (laughs) And there are a few ways that we can get that intense hit of dopamine. And they tend to be from things like, you know, drugs, alcohol, gambling, porn, or concentrated foods. So when we crave that pleasure, we crave foods that have concentrated forms of sugar and flour. Um, Then, you know, on top of the dopamine hit, we have our hunger hormones that are thrown off balance when we eat large amounts of sugar and flour that are devoid of fiber and nutrients. We get a hit of sugar uh, to the blood. Insulin is released, taking that sugar to various places in our body. And then we are left with a sugar crash. We feel tired and irritable and we need more food to make us feel better, right? So when this happens over and over on a regular basis, it then affects our hormones such as leptin, which tells us when we are full. So if leptin is blocked, then we don't get the proper signal to tell us that we are full and to stop eating. This causes you to eat more food than your body requires for fuel, resulting in weight gain. So these are physical cravings. If you have ever tried you know, to go a week or longer without sugar, then you have probably felt withdrawal symptoms from the sugar and had intense physical cravings for sugar. You get a headache, brain fog, muscle cramps, or you're hangry and irritable. Hangry. <laughs> Um, know that these are normal when you start balancing your hormones and take out concentrated forms of sugar and flour and don't worry, they will go away. By reducing your intake of concentrated forms of sugar and flour, you will help balance your hunger hormones as well as normalize dopamine levels and reduce cravings. Yeah, definitely. And I will admit, um, and I'm, again, I want to talk about this more and probably in a future podcast, uh, mm-hmm. that over the last year, I've kind of tested this theory a great deal. <laughs> I've been oh, listening, <laughs> I'm doing a lot of testing and research this year, 2018. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot of books about health at every size, intuitive eating, um, and, you know, just really immersing myself into into those. And I do really adore how it's made me question a lot of things I thought were true about food. Um, One of the things I learned is that after eating a lot of sugary and flour and super processed things that, drum roll please, (laughs) they don't make me feel very good. (laughs) Bummer. Um, You know, one of the things about health at every size and intuitive eating that... um, you know, the reason I was testing all these things, you know, it's, it's a lot more about listening to your body, you know, like kind of eating what's almost eating what you want 
you know, if you really want sugar and flour, then eating sugar and flour. And so I was doing a lot of that. <laughs> um, but I've discovered that they just, they don't make me feel very good. Um, and I was laughing with my husband yesterday because we have holiday food left over. And for some reason, I have a problem throwing it away. <clears throat> so obviously, that means that I had to have cookies for breakfast with my coffee, right? That's course, what you do with course. holiday cookies. Um, so yesterday, coffee and cookies for breakfast. And then I went to yoga and uh, Kisa, my <laughs> heart was pounding. It was like pounding out of my chest. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, some people might say it's the coffee, you know, coffee and then yeah. yoga. But my usual routine is to drink my coffee, sit with the dogs for a few moments in the morning. And then I go straight to yoga, usually just on an empty stomach because it's like 545 in the morning. Oh, okay. And it never, it never feels like this, <laughs> you know? So it's definitely the, like that hit of sugar mm-hmm. and processed white flour. And it's not like I haven't, you know, been really staying away from them for too much, you know, over this past year. But like just for some reason yesterday that that difference in um, you know, eating those cookies and then going to yoga, I really noticed it. Mm-hmm. And then after yoga, this I thought was really interesting, right? All I wanted was more bread and cookies. Yeah. That's all I wanted. I kept thinking about it. Um, so long story short, do cookies affect my body in a way that I don't like? Yes. <laughs> do they prompt me to want more cookies? Yes. You're welcome. I did all of this research for you, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. No problem. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I will say that I've done a ton of research on this as well. And in my days of wavering between paleo and eating all the sugar, I found that my daily life was so much harder when I was yeah. eating sugar, like cookies, cinnamon rolls, and ice cream. My energy throughout the day was like a roller coaster and my workouts were so much harder than when I would, you know, when I was eating all the cookies. Um, So now if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you know that it's not just about the food, right? We just talked about physical cravings um, and cravings and overeating have another component to them. You can be eating what would be thought of as the perfect diet, and you can still have cravings. You can still find yourself binging on sugar and floury foods. So if it's not just about the food, what else affects cravings and overeating? And that would be our emotional cravings or emotional hunger, those fun little things. (laughs) So moving on to emotional hunger, emotional cravings, Um, you know, not eating a desired food is easy. But what's difficult is the emotion or the feeling that you're left with. Mm -hmm. When you eat emotionally, you will find this to be oh so true. It's not the act of not eating the food. It's the uncomfortableness that you are left with to feel. Biologically, we don't want to feel uncomfortable. We seek pleasure, we avoid pain, and we conserve our energy. We have primal instincts to seek warmth because it feels good, to forage for food because it tastes and feels good, uh, to procreate because that feels good, and we avoid hurting ourselves and stay away from danger to avoid pain, and we take the escalator or elevator instead of the stairs to conserve our energy. Makes sense. Yeah. 
And often food has been tied to us emotionally. We use food to celebrate birthdays, weddings, or achievements. Or we were offered ice cream or candy when we were sad or unhappy when we were little because that would cheer us up, which I completely understand when you have a crying two-year-old. It is so tempting to just give them something yummy to eat that you know will cheer them up. I myself have had to stop my, you know, I've stopped myself many times from offering my child food when she's upset. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, from this, though, we have learned to eat food in order to be happy. So now as adults, when your boyfriend breaks up with you, you binge on ice cream to cover the pain of being sad and to hopefully make you happy. Or you're stressed from work and you come home and directly pour a glass of wine or dig into a bag of potato chips in order to not feel stressed anymore. When we use food to avoid emotions, these are emotional cravings. We crave a very specific food such as salt and vinegar chips or Rocky Road ice cream and nothing else will do. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, mm-hmm. It has to be this one thing. Yep. And if um, you can't it, find it, you will just shove everything in your face. Yes. <laughs> until you get it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, we we try to eat a healthier yeah. version or something else, but, you know, yep. we keep eating until we end up eating that specific food we're craving. Yeah. So when you learn to process and allow your emotions without food, then you reduce your emotional cravings. Yes. And so this is another aspect of food and nutrition that I've really tested out for you guys over the last year. Yeah. Um, And what I've discovered is that boredom, that's like the main emotion that I still try to quote unquote fix with food. Mm -hmm. Um, And because I've done a lot of work over time, like sadness, anger, I'm willing to feel a lot of emotions, but like boredom. Mm, I just almost can't handle it. (laughs) Um, I've noticed over the last couple of months that I've really been wrestling with sitting down to finish projects that I care about. Um, And again, yesterday was like this perfect example, right? I got back from yoga, ate my regular lunch and began a sewing project that I've wanted to do for a long time. And about halfway through when the going got hard, I began to think about food And, you know, just thinking about what I wanted for a snack, about maybe some coffee, about anything (laughs) to make this discomfort go away. And so, you know, just kind of automatically went downstairs, made myself something to eat. And I didn't realize until I was standing in the kitchen eating my snack that I kind of inadvertently just distracted myself from the boredom instead of just acknowledging that what was happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was feeling discomfort. Sewing is hard. <laughs> you yeah, have to like read a pattern and put things together, and you kind of have, a, have to, to trust. measure. <laughs> you have to measure things. You have to trust that somebody else knew what they were doing and just sometimes blindly follow what they wrote. Um, and it's really amazing how quickly and easily it can happen when you're just not paying attention. And that's what happened to me yesterday. Um, I kind of had that setup of cookies for breakfast to physically get me craving more sugar. And then as soon as boredom hit later in the day, bang, right to the kitchen. It's kind yeah. of, you know, kind of perfect timing, really, just in time to share it with all of y'all. Oh my gosh, Mary, you're not alone. Don't worry. <laughs> I have been working, you know, this past year on the exact same thing. And I think it's probably been over a year. Um, <laughs> but this <laughs> happens a lot while working on my business. And believe it or not, health coaching is not all rainbows and unicorns. There are some things that I don't like doing. 
you know, accounting anyone. Yeah, not for me, numbers. paperwork, not for me. Mm-hmm. But it is part of the business and it has to be done. Yeah. Even writing blogs and working on podcasts, even though I enjoy them, they can be challenging at times. You know, you mm-hmm. just have like writer's block or you just can't think of the right word. So when I find myself in difficult situation where I have to really think and maybe do things that I don't enjoy, I would yeah. find myself heading to the kitchen to get a snack. And, you know, I started to become aware of this when I learned about the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. And if you'd like to learn more about the hunger types, then take a listen to episode 12. Um, it's called Emotional Hunger versus Physical Hunger. And that'll give you a really good explanation of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized that I was reaching for food when I wasn't physically hungry. I was just procrastinating and not wanting to be uncomfortable. I was using food to buffer or avoid being uncomfortable. Um, You know, I would stop and check in with myself when I felt the urge to head to the kitchen for a snack. And sometimes it was even like I was like in the fridge looking for a snack, right? And I'd be like, wait, like, um, is this physical hunger or am I feeling emotional hunger? Yeah. And so just like checking in with myself, that really helped me. Um, and then just feel, you know, like, okay, like I seriously don't have any physical hunger signs. Like I just <laughs> ate two hours ago, you know, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be hungry. Not actually hungry. <clears throat> no. Yeah. And you know, there's nothing wrong with, and, and I think this is the thing, right? There's nothing like wrong with eating when we're uncomfortable, but here's mm-hmm. what I've noticed is that like yesterday, because the going got hard and I distracted myself with food, I didn't finish my project. Right. And I think that is a thing that, you know, now that I'm recognizing has been happening with me for a long time. You know, I had so many Mm -hmm. ideas and things that I've really wanted to do. And when I stop buffering with food, I actually do them. You know, I like get through that discomfort and then I get back to the project that I was working on. Right. I'm, I'm willing to feel boredom or frustration or like that discomfort, like that dis ease, you know, like that unease, whatever that is. It's not like a a strong feeling, but I'm always trying to make it go away. And if I'm willing to feel that and move through it, then I actually like, I get a lot of stuff done, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. I, I 100% agree with you, Mary. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with eating when you're not hungry, mm-hmm. but it is like, for me, it was the fact that I was avoiding doing work and avoiding getting stuff done. Yeah. Whereas when I, you know, checked in with, you know, am I truly physically hungry or am I just avoiding an emotion? And in fact, I was avoiding emotion. And so, you know, how do I process that without food and then get my work done? Yeah. So, you get like, seriously, <laughs> really recommend working on that because you can, mm-hmm. You can know. do so much more with your life. Get so much more done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You do. Right? So so we got some tips for you, right? To yes. help you stop blaming your diet for things. And yeah. I really want this for you guys. I spent a lot of time blaming my diet for things. And it's a really mm-hmm. easy villain. Yeah. So here's some tips. Yeah. So our first tip for you is to listen to episode 26, Villainizing Food. Yeah. <laughs> um, really? That's a good Yeah. One. No, for real. lead up. Um, and my voice is my voice is super sexy. So super sexy. Check it out. Um, just listen to it for my voice, you know. Um, but for reals, in this episode, we talk about how food itself is not good or bad. 
It is yeah. neutral and it is the thoughts or ideas we have about the food that make it good or bad in our eyes. Yeah. Um, and then number two, uh, I, I really recommend that you work on your emotions first. So, it, you know, if you think about the, the beginning of this podcast, if you take a few minutes to write about what you're hoping your diet will fix, you know, ask yourself if you're waiting for that number on the scale or that pair of jeans to fit before you will believe that you can be happy. And I did this for a really long time. I encourage you to find ways to find happiness, to fill your life with interesting and exciting activities, to feel powerful, confident, purposeful, fulfilled, and joyful before you go on a diet. Or maybe at this, I mean, you can do it at the same time. But, yeah. you know, I think really separating those two things out. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to lose weight, that's fine, but don't expect the weight loss to bring you joy. You know, go find that joy either before or at the same time. Yeah. I think that's huge. Yeah. Huge guys. Yep. Got a, a bomb of knowledge from Mary. Oh, knowledge, knowledge bomb. Knowledge bombed. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, um, be willing to allow your emotions. And this is what I was talking about with Kisa just a minute ago. You know, when we talk about, um, you know, noticing when you are having a craving or you're having an emotion and you're trying to make it go away and mm-hmm. being willing to feel that discomfort, to experience that discomfort, that fear, that, you know, whatever it is, and kind of really process it and allow it instead of just like pushing it away or pretending like it's not happening. And mm-hmm. uh, in episode 14, we, we drop a lot of <laughs> a lot of links to episodes today, but yeah. I think really they all kind of back up, right? This, this idea, but episode yeah. 14, we talk about this in a lot of detail. We give you really specific yeah. steps. If you are having emotional cravings or you're having emotions and you're buffering, we give you a lot of steps to help you handle those in the moment. Yeah. And while you're there, just subscribe to our podcast and then you'll oh. get all of the episodes. Oh, shoot, Kesa. Yeah, just listen to all of them. Just subscribe. (laughs) Tip number four, uh, be willing to experience a physical craving, kind of similar to the emotional emotional cravings, emotional hunger, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a really interesting one. I think our brains kind of freak out when we're having physical cravings, right? It's like, ah, I'm going to die. I'm starving. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's probably not true. I don't know. You know, you could test it. If you really are starving, you should eat something. But a lot of the times... Uh, I just, you know, I just want to get rid of boredom or I just like want to, my dad always called like a, dad always goes like this. He's like, I just want a, a taste of something. <laughs> <laughs> right? But we don't, we don't have to, you know, and it's up to you yeah. what your goals are. But for me, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather eat when I'm hungry and, and fill my body with the things that make it feel good. For sure. Yeah. And our last tip for you, tip number five, um, you guys be kind and compassionate with yourself. Remember yeah. that this is a process. Do not beat yourself up. If you find yourself blaming your diet for your failures or lack of weight loss, you know, you can't hate yourself thin. No. Believe me, I've tried. Yeah, we'd have a lot of thin people yeah. in this yeah, country. We would. We would. That's you know, not when working, thing. No, it's not. So when working on your relationship with food, come from a place of compassion and curiosity. Yeah. You know, look at your emotions with curiosity. Um, you know, oh, I wonder why I'm feeling this way. 
and then know that it's, you know, it's perfectly normal to feel anxiety, anger, fear, boredom, all the emotions. Like it's totally normal to feel that way. Yeah. And you guys, if you need some help with some of this stuff, sometimes, you know, we, we kind of start feeling our emotions and then we don't really know what to do with them because we haven't had help or experience with that. And that's what coaches and therapists do. So yeah. if you want a little help with that, um, you know, find yourself a therapist or a coach, um, get yourself some, some support. Yeah. I actually know an awesome therapist. Her name's um, Mary Preston. That's you true. Heard of her? She's great. She, she's yeah. amazing. She's real good. You're in the Colorado area. <laughs> oh, Denver area. Denver, Colorado, <laughs> Fort Collins. I don't know. Good. Yeah, you know, I Kisa and I are real good. There's a lot of good but coaching. for real. For real. For real. Get Find somebody some support because yeah. I think, you know, some people can do it on their own and I think, you know, that is it's a good way to go. You know, you learn a lot about it. Um, but it's also really great to get some support in the, in the mm-hmm. meantime and to, to be yeah. able to talk with somebody about what's going on and really um, have somebody hold space for you while you're doing it. That's really nice. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Alrighty, friends. That's all we've got for you today. Thanks for being awesome as always and listening in for sure. Tune into our next episode where we talk about not eating your feelings. And if you'd like to know more about us, and if you have any questions or comments, head on over to our dedicated Facebook group. You can also contact me at my website at www.maryelisepreston.com or Kisa at her website at kisaamaro.com. And that's K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com. And if you know someone who you think would benefit from the information shared on our podcast, please share this episode with them. Mm. We want to extend our message to and support as many people as possible, and we need your help to get our message out. We would greatly appreciate your help in reaching out to people who would benefit from our podcast. Yeah. And if you enjoy the show, we would love it if you would leave us an honest review on iTunes. You can simply go to iTunes and search for the podcast page, hit the tab for ratings and reviews, click on write a review. That's it. Super helpful. And of course, subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes, <laughs> or your favorite podcast player. <laughs> That's all, everybody. Okay. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Ha <laughs>